Pretty if you have so. headphones on, you're gonna you're gonna be talking like this the entire time. Because it's so loud in the headphones. It's just it's so loud, but also like you like your voice, so you chose you choose the most <laughs> the sexy voice, the most sexy voice. Yeah. How you guys doing today? You know what I mean? Very white. I feel very good. Let's get it together. <laughs> okay, you're gonna start. It's All not right. like this is my full-time job or anything. <laughs> I've nailed the clap, by the way. The clap? Yeah. I've nailed it. I've got it down. You got the timing down. I've got, the, I've got it down. <laughs> I've got it down. This is this is very funny because you guys really do tense up as soon as the cameras start rolling. We do. Like, we, we were joking do about it. We, we were joking about <laughs> it, right? No, but we like, do, you do actually. I told you. I think the clap happens is when it does. like my heart starts racing. If it's all, if it's just the clap, you guys need to clap at the end. You don't need to clap at the end. Bismillah. Okay, so Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah, peace and blessings to everyone. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of It's Go Time by the team here at Go Real Estate Group Group. Once again I am Muhammad Musa. We have with us Ahmed Umar. We have another member of the team who is making her debut on the podcast. Yes, Tasni Musa. And we the have the sister of Muhammad Musa. Yes. And we have a very special guest, the first ever guest on the podcast. Yes, right. I'm excited. This is an honor. You say your name. You didn't even say your name. Yet. Oh, well, well, we're getting to that. We're getting to that. We're getting to that. <laughs> we, don't do we, what, we don't know what. You don't know what my name is. <laughs> no one knows my real name. Mr. Okay, you guys. You guys can call me Dawood. Dawood. Mm-hmm. My name is Dawood Tafsir. I'm a freelance videographer, and I do photography as well. Um, but yeah, we could talk about my name for a second. <laughs> yes, I think we should. How did uh, Dawood come about? Because we know How did Dawood come about? It's like, that is not your real name. <laughs> this is so, this is so <laughs> unnatural conversation because it's like, hey, where did your name come from? So when I was born, my name is actually Saleh. Legally, my name is Saleh. Okay, which is another prophet name. Uh, but when I was born, uh, my parents named me Saleh and my grandpa comes in the hospital and he basically goes, change his name. Mm. And everyone straight in my up. family, yeah, just straight up. Everyone <laughs> else in my family is like, why would we change his name? And he goes, because in Urdu, yeah. if you say the name wrong, it turns into a curse word. It turns into uh, Salah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. which basically okay. means okay. brother-in-law, but like it has negative <laughs> con- like connotation to it. It so really it's means brother-in-law. It means uh, brother-in-law. Way of exactly, brother-in-law. yeah. Okay. Brother-in-law is not like the best term. But like that would really suit you, like you're that would. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm with that would too. Except I mean, you know, when I used to see your uh, your Zell profile, and it comes as I was a like, solid. Who is that? Who is this? Who is that guy? What's going on? <laughs> it happens a lot. I have to now. I have to tell like wedding clients because I do wedding videography. So I have to tell the clients that okay, this is my number and this is my Zell. When it comes up, the name is not going to be Dawood. So I have to like <laughs> start with this. So I like to say that my parents procrastinated for 18 years of my life. You ever thought of getting it legally changed? I did, I did. But when what, what did your parents say about that? About what? Like getting it legally changed. Okay, so they always wanted to they wanted it to kind of happen. But okay. they're lazy. They're lazy people. My parents are very <laughs> lazy people. So But no one calls you Saleh, right? Every no one parents that would everyone. Yeah, is. not a single person okay, in my life okay. calls me Saleh. So if we have to start calling you Saleh? I I would be I a little upset about it. I'm leaving the podcast right now. <laughs> No, <laughs> that's why I like to say my parents procrastinated for 18 years because I wasn't able to do it myself. Mm. So mm. when I was old enough to do it myself, I already had a registered business. I had my passports. I had my license. Everything was now you're into deep solid. Basically. I'm waiting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now if I do it, I have to change everything. I have to change the business. I have to change, and it's just 
It's a, mm. it's a problem. One day you're going to get married and your wife won't even know you're Saleh. And one day I'm not going to tell her. And it will be your... I'm not going to tell you can, her. You can completely disappear <laughs> and go back to your, your legal name. That would name. be awesome. <laughs> no, no, that no. would be awesome. That would be awesome. It's actually really funny because you guys know I got arrested, right? No. No, that's new. Okay. All right. Now we're unpacking some stuff. Now we're unpacking some stuff. We're getting real. So it was peak COVID, I think, uh, during the Black Black Lives Matter protests. Okay. So this was in Dallas at the time. There were a lot of like people were rioting, people were breaking into buildings and stuff, and there were cars that were getting set on fire. And honestly, all I wanted to do was catch some vi- some photos of cars set on fire in downtown Dallas, because I'm like, that is gonna be so cool, right? So I went out there with two of my friends, and we were like taking photos. The whole intention was to take photos. We all had cameras, we all had our like gears, lenses. Because you knew the mayhem that was going on. We knew the mayhem. Yeah. We kind of knew what we were getting to, and my mom was warning me. She's like, look, wherever you see crowds of people, avoid them. And but I did. I listened to her advice. We did. But there was there was one moment where we turned left onto a street, and there was a huge protest going on. Okay. Mm. And they were coming towards us. And we were like, okay, well, we're not going to walk away. We're not going to walk away from this protest. <laughs> Let's this take photos. Right here. This is content. <laughs> this is content. Let's take photos. So we started to take photos of this protest, and it started to get really hectic. Okay. It was civilized okay, at first. Okay. At first. But there's a Whole Foods in front of us and a parking garage behind us. As soon as, I swear to God, as soon as they hit like this Whole Foods mark, they start, people pull out bats. Oh, oh so violence started straight they away. They pull out like bats, that. they pull out rocks. Like, I don't know where they and were hiding all And at that point, it's like, what, what do you do? Were, like were you all weapon. afraid for your own life as well? No. Like, we were never worried for our own life. Okay. Like, I, well, I thought it's like, what do you do as in, as in like, do you leave, take photos, or like, what was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? I, that like time. I, I would just freeze in that situation. You yeah. would freeze? Yeah. No, like, for us, it was like, for me, it was, this is awesome. Because <laughs> oh again, yeah, again, again, of it yeah, again, my it. whole intention, like, like the whole movement, is something political, right? Yeah. But my intention was, there's something going on. This is a piece of history. This is awesome. I want to be one of the people to document it. Exactly. Right. Okay. That's that's how I think. Okay. And so when I was out there, things were going wrong. Thing. Can I curse? I was okay. <laughs> all of it. All of it. I was. I was. I was about to say. <laughs> uh, things were going really bad, right? And so me and my friends were like, okay, let's take photos. So what happened was um, they started to have bats. They started to take rocks, and they, they were breaking into this Whole Foods, and there was an employee in there that was freaking out the entire time, and that employee obviously called the cops. Uh, but we didn't realize it. And during this time, I was like, I want to get photos of the protest from almost a bird's-eye view. Okay. And there's a parking garage behind us. Yeah. So we start running up the parking garage. And I have video footage of us running up the parking garage. You know what wow. I mean? Like I just switched <laughs> to video. I was rolling, and you can hear us in the background going, go, 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 go. But what it sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like because you hear police sirens starting. Uh, and it sounds like yeah. we're running. <laughs> Anyways, um, the parking garage, every level was closed. Okay. It was a brick wall, so we couldn't even see it. And so we were just trying to get to the top. So while this whole thing is going down, we start hearing cops pull up. We hear helicopters come. We hear um, uh, pepper spray guns getting fired. We hear there wasn't tear gas that was, that, was, that was shot at us or anything. But like we heard all the commotion downstairs. Mm. And then we start hearing on the helicopter uh, uh, speaker. It was like, hey, we know you're inside. Come on out. Talking about you guys. It wasn't us. There were people. Oh, oh, there were oh, other people okay. that ran up. Okay. Oh, as well. Okay. When the cops started to come, so we ran before the cops came. Like as soon as we heard sirens, we were like, "Let's get the the top view." And then uh, when the st- cops started to come, more people were running into the parking garage to hide. So then they they made the announcement, and we're like, "Okay, we should probably go down before they come up and look for us." 
And so we go down, and when you're going down, you know, uh, a parking garage, there's obviously a section where you turn the corner and you mm-hmm. can see, like, the bottom part. So we turn the corner and we just see 20 people on the floor. Oh, oh man. Already handcuffed. There's oh a line of cops, all armed. And I, I take a little peek and I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I kind of like <laughs> unpeek and then I stick out my camera first. And then I'm like, we're just photographers. We're just taking photos. And we start and I have video footage of this moment, too. We're walking down and the officer goes, oh, you're taking photos. That's cool. I can take photos too. get on the ground. Oh, wow. And That's we have crazy. that was they didn't care. They didn't care. We so had what were you feeling in that moment? In that moment, I was obviously a little scared. I was like, yeah. oh, OK, actually, no. In the moment, I was like, we have our equipment, we have our business cards, we have our our, uh, lenses and everything, they'll let us go. Because that's what I was thinking. I'm like, okay, we're here for photos. Like a journalist Mm -hmm. almost. Yeah, Yeah, we're exactly. But they arrested journalists too. They arrested the journalists too. So we met a journalist in the jail after. So anyway, so we get arrested. They give us these zip ties. Not even like, they run out of handcuffs. They give us these, <laughs> these really thick zip ties that yeah. were that were intense, right? Yeah. And and they take us, um, there's like, there's like, a, there's one chief who goes, uh, uh, you're all going to go to jail. And he's like singing it. Oh, okay. He's yeah. having a good time. Yeah. He's having a good he's time. He's having a good time. Yeah. And so I'm in the backseat of, of, I get separated from my friends. I'm in the back seat of this this car that can probably fit like four people. It's not a regular cop car. It's like a SWAT car. And uh, they take us to the hospital. There's no AC in this car. I'm getting a fever. Peak COVID. I'm getting a fever in this car. Oh god. And so they take us into the into the into the holding section before we even enter the jail. They already confiscated our phones, and I can see my phone ringing, and it's my mom calling. Oh, oh man. man! And I'm like trying to look at these cops. I'm like, look, give me a second. Let me answer the call. Let her know I'm okay. Yeah. And they're like, we can't do that. And so this entire time, I'm, that's that was phone. now my only worry in this moment, where it's like, oh, my mom's freaking out. She probably thinks I'm, you so know, she's seeing it on the news. Yeah, what's happening? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, is he okay? Because <clears throat> that was the same night they released the National Guard in Texas. Okay. Oh, I remember this. I, I remember, remember this. It was yeah, that exact yeah, yeah. night. Wow. That exact night that yeah. I got arrested. And so, yeah, we're in holding. They check my temperature. It's like 103, 104. Like, get this guy. It was really high. (laughs) So they tossed me in this really cold cell for 10 minutes. They let my body cool down. down. I cooled down. I wasn't sick. I didn't have COVID or anything. I just had a fever because of the heat. It was very hot. I was wearing a jacket. And then then because I was 17 at the time, I couldn't have been in the same cell as everyone else. Mm. Ah. So so you're yeah, and time. and this entire time they're walking around like this one's seventeen, this one's seventeen, <laughs> and Fresh everyone meat. else, everyone Fresh else, meat. Like, these are the cops. See, the, the cops are saying this. Everyone else, everyone else, like we're walking it, we're walking around uh, uh, the the prison, and they're like, "He's seventeen. Watch out for this one." In front of the twenty other people that were just arrested, I'm like, "You guys aren't gonna like relax with this or anything." Like, uh, that was tough. Anyways, yeah, so I have my hands zip tied, with really thick zip ties, and they're taking like these these pliers to cut them off or whatever yeah, it is yeah, yeah. like really sharp and it's not cutting and they've been doing it for everyone everyone that was zip tied and he comes to me and he's like look this is gonna hurt oh and they're yeah they're like squeezing it and twisting oh so your hands are getting like and so my hands are behind my back the entire time but like what he's doing is he's basically cutting into my hand to cut the zip ties yeah. and that's the only way to cut it so i was like all right whatever like get it over with so he did that. It hurt, obviously. We got processed and everything. And so we're sitting in this holding cell. And I'm in a smaller cell in the big holding cell. So my friends came and sat 
right next to me in front of the bars <laughs> and I'm sitting on one side of it, one of them sleeping, crying, you know what I mean? Like it was just what it was a whole thing. The emotions going through me the entire time were it was it was just like we're gonna be okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was like we have photos of what we were doing. We have yeah, video evidence. Did you at least have good like, pictures? Yeah. Was it worth this? I printed one large photo okay. that I took. It's okay. your mugshot. It's not <laughs> <laughs> they released everything. <laughs> 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 one good picture you got that day. <laughs> one good photo I got of myself was my mugshot. Yeah, he tried to take a photo of my right side. I said, no, this is my good side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, you need the other angle. <laughs> I got I got some okay photos. It was, it was at night, so it was tough. There wasn't much lighting. But now the photo, I like turned it black and white, and I printed it, and now it's more of like a memory mm-hmm. of like uh, what it was. Mm-hmm. So you got out the next day? So Same we were day. in there for 20 hours. Oh, oh. oh my God. 20 hours. And again, like the emotions of being there are tough because <coughs> you're like, you have a phone, you can call like your loved ones and stuff. So I obviously called my mom and I told her like, actually my friend called his mom first because my phone wasn't working. Okay. So he called his mom and I was like, hey, tell her to tell my mom I'm okay. And then the message got received and stuff and all that. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that you was. Must have good. been so stressed out though. I was, I was definitely stressed out. Obviously, I mean, your mom must have been. So she stressed. was. Oh yeah. So you got a record. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, actually don't have a record. So um, yeah, we're we're in the jail cell basically. And first of all, when you're when you're in the cell, the cops come in every like ten minutes. Okay. And every time someone asks, "What time is it?" And so I caught on eventually where it was like, okay, he's coming in every 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to ask what time it is. Just no. Yeah. Just no. 10 minutes have passed every time he comes in. So, you know, my friends on the floor are sleeping and then me and my other guy, are, uh, we're just sitting with each other. And honestly, if it wasn't for having them there, it would have been a lot more stressful. Yes. Because sure. you have people that you know, you have kind of friends, you know, you can, you can make jokes about it. Yeah. Exactly. So there were people that were like, walk by my cell. And because I was in a separate cell, they were like, what did you do to get in here? And I was like, I killed a cop. You know what I mean? Like, but like they, everyone knew that we were joking around, you know, what I mean? <laughs> until they didn't. But <laughs> so that was that was that was an experience. And then we basically got called into the um, into the room where they like tell you what you have, like okay. your charge. Your charge, yeah. So the lawyer. Uh, by the way, they kept on saying the lawyer is going to be there at three. Uh, the judge is going to be there at three. Then three comes, the judge isn't there, judge will be here at four, four comes, judge isn't gonna be there, judge will be at five, five, six, seven, Oof. all the way up to like eight. So that was the worst part for us was being like, Are we ever gonna see the judge? False, Are you gonna get like yeah, false yeah. hope almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And um so that was tough. And then the judge basically comes and they don't even like give you a chance to like be like, Hey, I didn't do it. It was this is your charge. Um, good luck. Sure. This is your charge, this is your bail. We hope someone can post it. And so, uh, obviously, so like... So it was the same for you, even though you were a minor? Yeah, yeah, it didn't change anything. Oh. It didn't change anything. I mean, before we got our charge, there was, a, there was, like, a detective that came up to every single person, and this was when they were doing the mugshot, is they asked, okay, how much money do you have in your bank account right now? How much money can you spend right now? How much can you... How much do you have in your pockets? They were asking all these questions, and I was like... I mean, I, I like had money, but I, w- I was telling them I had a lot less because I'm like, maybe this will help yeah, me out. Because yeah, yeah, there's it. no way they can check. <laughs> yeah. Like, for example, like I have like at the time, maybe I have like fifteen hundred dollars in my bank account. And they're like, how much do you have? I was like, yeah, one hundred and fifty. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. it didn't change the number that. at all. The, 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 the post was was the same. Oh, Everyone wow. was like eight hundred fifty or something like that. Wow. Sure. So, yeah. 
Wow, what an experience. That was a very good experience. I mean, that's quite the experience. Yeah. Yeah. So would you try something like that? Again? Absolutely. That's <laughs> I would do <laughs> it all over it? again. Yeah. yeah, I would do it all over again. Is it? Because huh? the thing is, you know, you're not guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you did nothing wrong at the end. You I, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you were just trying to document uh, exactly uh, an event in history now that exactly. we know as the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. Right? And you were there in the front line, exactly. and uh, you, you did hand. the you did the hard graph that other people won't. Yeah. Yeah, to capture that. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, talk to us about, so when this happened, you were 17, and now you sit here today, you 21, you told me? 21. 21. I just turned 21 as of July. And now you, you're doing big things in the world of comedy, you, you know, traveling all Don't over. Don't hype me up. these big names. I'm blushing uh, now here. <laughs> I'm blessed to have you. 21 years old. <laughs> yes. Make, alhamdulillah, making big moves, doing, doing things. Talk us through, you know, what it's like being so young and, you know, having your own, own business. Okay. It's okay. So first of all, like I, I always had this weird mindset where it's like age doesn't restrict anyone from anything. Yes. Right. I like that. I, I remember being like 17, 16 when I would start filming weddings. And at the time it wasn't really an issue. And weirdly enough, when I turned like 20, I started to get, I got one instance where a client looked at me. I was working for someone else. She looked at me. She's like, are you sure he's going to do a good job? He looks kind of young. I was like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, I've been doing this for four years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, the age isn't really a thing. It's more and about, And your like, work speaks for itself. Exactly. Sort of, sort exactly. Of yeah. But, you know, in this specific case, this client didn't see my work. I was working for someone else. But, like, being being young, I, 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 I don't remember specific instances, but I know it's happened to me before because I do remember it. But there's a lot of times where people are like, okay, he's young. Can we give him as much money and trust him with the work? And that happened maybe with like islamic foundation specifically okay right so like when you do like like for example fundraising videos or content creation and stuff they have a board of people that that make a decision off of it and they're obviously always trying to find not just islamic uh, foundations but pretty much every everyone that you work with is, is always trying to find the best deal yes, yeah. yes. there's always yeah. a negotiation where it's like okay what's the reason that so we can get yeah, why, exactly. why are we paying you this much so one yeah. of the reasons was me being younger obviously yeah. and i would i would accept the gigs i would take them just because it's more money it's more work it's more experience yeah. and it's always kind of been my mindset where even even if it's less money take it because you're learning something you're always doing more yeah you're adding more to your resume you're adding it to your resume and so basically because of that when i went into the comedy space i would take photos for comedians for free and it, something about photography that i don't think anyone will really tell you is that every new niche that you jump into, like I started with weddings, then I want to do corporate, then I want to do comedy. Every new niche that you get into, you're starting fresh. Okay, okay. So meaning you don't have a body of work to show people that you can accomplish something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so different. A wedding versus a comedy show is completely it's different. It's very different. But from a perspective of a photographer, or, or like myself as a videographer, if I'm doing weddings, I know I can do a comedy show very easily. And I can do it better than the people that are already in the game. But they don't know that. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, you so now, yeah. yeah, now you're playing this little game of how do I prove it to you. Yeah. And so when I got into comedy, and basically, okay, so now like a little, a, little, a little background. In comedy, I basically, what I do basically is, this is for the listeners. Um, I tour with comedians like Sam Morrill, Maddie Smith, Stavros Halkias. There's some New York comics, some comics from L.A. Um, what they do in their, their work is they go to different cities and they perform their hour-long comedy set to people 
um, at different, you know, 250 people mm-hmm. to 2,000 people. Different venues, yeah, all over the shore. Yeah, right? different venues all over, all over the world, all over the country mainly. And, um, and my job right now with the boom of social media, with the mm-hmm. boom of TikTok and YouTube and Instagram reels, was there was a very big hype of these comedians that travel the world to co- clip out content where they would, for example, let's say there's an audience member that yelled at them at the crowd. And they told that audience member, shut up. Yes, yes. So you want to put that in you the want TikTok. The viral clip. Yeah. That's that the viral moment yeah. where, for example, and the trick is these comedians are working on an hour long worth of material for an entire year. And they don't want to just throw away that content. Exactly. So yeah. the problem in comedy became how do I grow myself on social media without giving away everything that I've been working on? Little okay. small trailers. Yeah. 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 So basically the solution to that was how about I throw out material that's not my material. Mm. Okay. Right. Okay. So the people on, you know, coming coming to the shows yelling like out at them. It, yeah. Exactly. So it's more of like a sense of how quick-witted I am. Anyways, so when I started doing the comedy work, um I started doing photography at the Edison Improv, which is my favorite club by the way. Mm. At the Edison Improv for free. Wow. Okay, I've been okay. to the Addison Improv. It's quite, uh, it's quite intimate. It's yeah. quite intimate. Cozy, you think it's intimate? intimate. Yes, yeah, I think it's very cozy and intimate. Like uh, yeah. I said, I sat on the literally on the stage. You got close. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think I went to watch uh, uh, Jabrani. No, Maz Jabrani. Uh, yeah, Maz Jabrani. Okay. And you kind of s- look like Maz Jabrani, by the way. Yeah, with the goatee, Double right? Gangster. Yeah, you kind of look like him. Yeah, no, I don't have the bald head yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, but Maz Jabrani, he had a good go at me. For, uh, really? Yeah, 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 with my South African accent. and, and So that might be African. might have been clipped and posted yeah. on social media. I don't think he had a videographer. <laughs> no, he didn't have a videographer. <laughs> it would have been time. me. This hey, he would have been sitting in the it back somewhere. Yeah, yeah, so I texted <laughs> him. He didn't respond to my text. Before COVID, I went. Yeah, oh, was it? Yeah, okay. Okay. So it was, but I really liked the club as well. It was an awesome comedy club. Yeah, but that moment where he's talking to you and drilling into you and like constantly going. That's where that's the clip. That's what you would clip. It's like, it's the improv part of it, right? You just in the moment and it's. Exactly. This Persian guy yeah. with yeah. his own accent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's my entire job right now with comedians to find that moment in the show where they talk to them because they don't always remember it. Yeah. A lot of them do, but if they don't remember it, it's to it's for me to bring it back up to them. Okay. Yeah. And to tell them if I thought it was funny. Right. Right. Yeah. If I don't think it was funny for a one minute clip, we're not going to use it. Okay. Because you're wasting time. You know what I mean. And and the the time is money. You know what I mean. Why are they spending more money on an extra clip for something that's not going to go viral? You know what I mean. So there's an algorithm. There's a formula. There's something so you just so have there's to. There's a strategy behind. You have it. to know yeah, what's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. You have to. Okay. Yeah. And, and I guess the more you do, the more experience you're getting, and and mm-hmm. what you look for, and mm-hmm. you, you get your eye on. Exactly. Okay. So exactly. from from the clips you've done, what's the most viral that that you've seen? So uh, okay. So my very first clip got 1.1 million views. Oh, that's One amazing. Point, man. You went re- that's really the first viral. clip I ever did. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, basically, that was for a comedian named Sam Morrill. Okay. And he was coming to Austin in Moon Tower. And this entire time, I hadn't gotten paid at all to film anything for comedy. And I've been filming like six months at this point. Really? And I wow. texted him and I was like, hey, I'll come to Austin for free. Um, I just want to take photos of you. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know that he was on America's Got Talent. I didn't know anything. I just DM'd him on Instagram. That's wow. how I would do it, by the way. I would DM them on Instagram and they would respond. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and he was like, okay, well, I'd rather you not take photos. Can you take videos? Oh, brilliant. And then clip it out. I was like, I could do anything. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I can do anything. I can do anything you want me to. And uh, this was at the, the, the I, remember, I remember this was the vaccine hype too, so I had to get vaccinated to go to this event. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it was a festival. And um, I go to this festival and uh, and I clip out the content for him. He makes a joke about uh, Texas having um, guns but not abortions or something like that. And it was it was very funny. The usual, yeah. The usual. So I clipped okay. it out and then we posted on social media. And the next, I didn't see him the first two days I worked with him. I worked with him for four days. I didn't see him the first two days. I slept in my car, by the way, in Austin. I got paid $50 per set. Wow. I did like six sets. I mean, I, I didn't make any money. I got my car booted, by the way. So all the money that I did make went straight <laughs> oh to the boot God. in Austin. Oh no! Yeah, it was it was it was tough. It was tough, but it was like it was it was for me. I saw the vision. I and saw it was what was going to be. Twenty one when you're my age in ten years time, you're it. gonna look but, back but and that be was, like, that is wow. amazing, and it's it an inspiration. It. I think for for the listeners and the young guys out there yeah. that that you have to work hard. Yeah. What you did, I mean, you slipped in your car. That's you, literally the grind. You, been to jail. you have to I mean, pay your dues. Yeah, yeah you've paid your dues you have to, to, pay to be, yeah. and now you're seeing. But it it's amazing that Dawood has learned this from such a young age. Yeah. Like I, I feel like when I met you, you were like 19, and you have like amazing work ethic. I mean, yeah. you know, knew exactly what you're doing. You have big ideas, big dreams. It's amazing. And yeah. also, I think you, I know me at 21, I was nowhere near as savvy in terms of what I wanted to do or have. Uh, yeah, I don't think I would have accomplished what, what you have done. And and your vision of what you want to accomplish is very impressive. Because I know we, right. we were talking about that earlier. Um, you know about your goals within the comedy niche when it comes to videography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, getting to that, you know, directing specials. Right. And then also outside of that, you know, looking at how other ways you want to invest your money and yeah. set yourself up. Yeah, we kind of want to talk about it. I think so. Let's talk about investing and, yeah. and, and where I want to be <laughs> in the where future. Where you want to so be. So you have your goals set out. I have my goals. That's brilliant. Something that was very big for me, even like before I went to college, was like knowing what I wanted to do with my life. Okay. Because do you do you feel like when you speak to like your friends, your contemporaries, like do you hang out with people in a similar mindset or do you feel like you're different? I would I would I would say I'm slightly different. And I think a a very big reason for me having this mindset is one I'm the youngest. Mm-hmm. And two, I've I think being the youngest, you kind of learn from your older siblings. Okay. Right? Yeah. You see what they do, the mistakes they make, and you learn what not to do. And then, and it's something clicks where you're like, okay, this might be what I have to do. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And also going like I grew up in an Islamic school. Yeah. In my class, there were by the end by the I left in tenth uh, after tenth grade, but up until tenth grade, from six maybe eighth to tenth, we had nine kids. So it was okay. a very small, a small very group. small. Yeah. And there were three boys. Or 12 kids, three boys, nine girls. Okay. Right, 12 total. And when you're in a class with three boys for four years, five years, you don't really have much of an option but to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you learn to adapt. You don't always get along with everyone. You gotta go, yeah. You go with the flow, right? And so, being in that situation, I, I, I was a very quiet kid. I observed. I learned a lot. And the people that were around me didn't know what they wanted to do with their life. Okay. They didn't know you, if they wanted. you already knew. I think at the time, I, maybe in high school, early high school, I didn't know. But early high school is when I started to figure it out. Okay. Because it was, I always wanted to do something in film. I liked cameras. 
And I joined yearbook in like eighth grade. And then I was like, okay, this is cool. Not a job. My dad was always like, um, go to business. If you want to do film on the side, do film. But it wasn't photography. It wasn't videography. Like this whole realm of fr- the freelance game w- didn't exist in my head. Yes. I didn't know about it. I also feel like there's a cultural aspect to it. Even for us, right? Where we come from, this would definitely like, you go business, yeah. medical, engineering. Yeah. Exactly. It's broken down. And then right. this stuff is considered like, all right, do that on your on your own free yeah, time. Or something. Exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. Coming from South Africa, we went through such a conservative spell mm-hmm. in my in my childhood where taking videos and photos was considered haram. And still a right. lot of uh, there's an opinion in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. an opinion yeah. where yeah. even it people... Is, it's not permissible. Yeah. So, but in this day and age, where right. social media is is everything, right. so the same alims that were saying it's haram are now using. Are now using social using media for the game. Yeah, yeah, now you they see exactly. the platform it creates, right? It you creates have to. Exactly. Make I still the think most it, of it it can be haram for you. Yes. Right. It's it's very specific how you utilize. Correct. The Correct. Okay. and at that time it was a lack of understanding of what benefit it could be used for. As well. Right. Think for anything. There's for anything. There's pros and cons. Correct. Right? Exactly. Um, which oh man I had something in my head oh I forgot you were saying something you said something <laughs> very important that was that I was like oh that's awesome what did you say I spoke about the uh, about the animals in South Africa before that something about about you growing up yeah what you do now is considered uncon- like it's not normal in regards to in regards to like growing up what did you think you were going to get into? Like, did you but think you, you were going to have you be an accountant? Or so when like I that, was, if I would say I was, but like you, you like you run many businesses right now. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing what I thought I would be right. or, or do. Yes, I mean we did accounting. That was something my dad told me to do uh, to join the family business. Yeah, and I lived in London for two years, uh, where I was an accountant, and I I honed in on my skill. But as soon as I came back from London in in 2010. That's when I jumped onto the property portfolio uh, to manage pro- properties, and uh, and uh, that gave me the experience now to what I do now, which is, uh, alhamdulillah, own my own brokerage, mm-hmm. have uh, a big asset portfolio under under me, uh, under management, and um, it's uh, it's been quite the journey. You know, when I was 21, I had no idea that I would end up where I am today. Right. Uh, um, I had completely different uh, um, idea of life and actually no idea. I was very immature. Uh, growing up in South Africa, growing up in the community that we did uh, and uh, to see the youngsters uh, and my friends, it was very sad that we engaged in, in, in the wrong um, in wrong things, in, in, in partying, in, in drugs, in, in so on. And uh, you see uh, still a lot of my my friends and so on in South Africa are still spinning on the same spot. Hmm. They could never get out of that. Yeah. Now, looking 15, 16, 17 years down the line, where I am today is far surpassed any of them where they are. So hmm. so it's been quite the journey. Yeah, uh, A lot of finding ourselves, a lot of learning uh, what was right from wrong. How long do you think it to took do? for you? Like, what was your your big realization moment where you were like, okay, I need to get myself straight. Well, I think the biggest realization is is actually uh, coming to terms with yourself and identifying with yourself that I have a problem and I am now a 10-year recovering addict. Hmm. Uh, f- 
and uh, it was it was actually uh, getting that denial out of you out of the way and yeah yeah and and actually your family members your close family members uh, putting boundaries in place mm. and say you you need to stop this to to uh, better yourself to better at that time my my kids my yeah. my wife and and so on and to have a better life and mm. now you look 10 years down the line and you're like it was the best decision had, you ever made uh, the uh, the uh, the hardship I put my family through and so on. Mm-hmm. It's now uh, looking back and and saying, hey, you know what? It was a struggle, but I am I succeeded and mm-hmm. I'm out of it. And uh, life uh, is is a wonderful thing that yeah. that we need to enjoy and uh, and move on. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I mean, like for me, one of the one of the harder challenges in my life was obviously my dad passing. So you yes. passed in in 2019 uh or 2018. It's it's really weird. Like honestly, I don't even remember the the year. And you were I mean you were how old? You were very I was 16. Young 16, 16. Oh, six, yeah. yeah, you were. Yeah. yeah. He didn't get to see me get arrested, which was kind of upsetting <laughs> to me. I'm like he would have loved that, right? <laughs> he would have chased me around the house with a mop. <laughs> <laughs> uh but one one of the I I clearly remember this. It was like one day after he passed away, I went and I performed at there's a quiz competition. And I'd always had like a love for the recitation of the Quran and performing and like you know. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, I know you have quite the love for for the recitation. For the recitation of the Quran, of the Quran. Yeah. I'm I'm studying ten Qur'at as well. Subhanallah. Uh, so like, my name is Dawood. You know what I mean? Prophet Dawood had the most melodious voice. He would he would recite uh, or he would he would sing. He wouldn't recite. There was no Quran at the time, but he would sing and the the trees would sway. And the birds would. Oh, no, I've heard you recite, man. Mashallah, it's so really beautiful. beautiful. Mm. And that, that's we're we're improving. We're always, you know, <laughs> trying course, to get better. Yes, yes. Um, but that's I went and I did a competition like the day after he died, and um, wow. there's it was funny because there's only two people that were competing. There are three <laughs> three positions. You either get first, second, or third. You guaranteed a <laughs> medal. Oh, but I still <laughs> lost. I got second. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But but second what? The best. Second, right? But I wasn't first. <laughs> but to <laughs> me, to me, in my head, what what it really was, and the the thing that I realized as soon as he died, right, was he went through his life journey. Okay. He had his challenges. He had his struggles. Right. He obviously witnessed his father passing and then his father's witnessed that. You know what I mean? Like every it happens to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like yeah. this isn't new. It's not it's something a cycle of life. Though. Exactly. It's yeah. a cycle of life. And it hit me very quickly. And it was like his journey has just ended. Yes. It's my time and my turn to go on my journey and figure it out for myself. hundred percent. That's an awesome mindset. Right, but and you have so that mindset at so young. So, so yeah. you think you yeah, feel like that so moment is definitely something that shaped your thought process going forward. I'm sure I can't yeah. like, I can't relate a single like moment to mm-hmm. that being. Like, you know what I mean? Like I can't say that was that the was moment. the tiny word. I, yeah, think, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a combination of things. Yeah. Exactly. I feel the same. I think yeah. throughout my 37 years of life is I am the person I am today because of all the experiences I've had. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I've been through so much in my life. Exactly. And and what you find now in front of this mic, in front of you, yeah. is is with all that experience yeah. that I had. Yes, and I can I can say, oh, that 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 time of my life when when I was uh, really really rotten to the core, it was like you know it was such a bad time in my life, and I wish it never happened. No, you can't mm, think that. Y- way. Yeah, no, no way. it's because of that that where now you, molded where me where I am today, and that's mm-hmm. what motivated me to push on and to prove to my family, to prove to people that I am better than what you'll think. Yeah. 
and, and alhamdulillah Allah SWT has been with me and you said, my mom always told me stay steadfast to your Quran and your salah mm-hmm. and Allah SWT will take care of you and, mm-hmm. and I did that and, and even even sitting in rehab 10 years ago uh, living there without my family and so on and I just sat with the Quran and, and you just stay steadfast so to that yeah. Yeah. alhamdulillah you see the fruits of that right now yeah, and where I can sit on this couch now and and have this conversation with with all of you and, right. and enjoy all of this. So yeah, very like something on that point as well. well. Two things: one, some people have like one you know life altering event. Yes, you know I think Hamza Yusuf talks about it. Correct. Right, yeah. where like uh, he's like uh, about to drown or about to get in a car accident and something where he's like, oh, oh God, if a you save me. Life changing event. Life changing event. Life flashing before Some people have moments thing, like yeah. that, right? But I think I think most people don't. And what happens is because those people are expecting a life-altering event, keep waiting. They're keep waiting for yeah, something. That's true. Exactly. Yeah, that, that is like, easy. what are you waiting for? Yeah. That's my question, right? There's nothing. There's nothing to be waiting for. You have to. You have to push and strive and fight and like constantly better yourself and find what your next goal in life is. Hundred percent. Right. Um, and then the other thing about about how you were saying like stay on your salah, say on your, I see it yes. in your guys' life. You know what I mean? Like you guys are very like aware and it's tough. It's hard. You know what I mean? It's, yes. To be honest, even for myself, something that I struggle with is salah. Something that all the youth struggle with is salah. Right? Like even with my connection to the Quran and co- growing up in an Islamic school and yeah, we're in America. But in Dallas, it's not really America. It is, yeah, but, but our Muslim are, community is yes, huge. We're a very isolated bubble of, of, of large Muslims in a small area, hmm. right? No matter where you go, you'll see a hijab. You'll see someone uh, wearing a thobe or a topi or, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So it, we even struggle with this being the people that we are now. And one thing that I saw that really changed my perspective on it is uh, recently I have I got to meet Moammer. I got to meet Moammer. I got to meet uh, not Rami Yusuf, but you know th- their circle of friends. That group. Yeah. And I noticed this trait in them, where they're all talking about like, you know, before I met these guys, before I met Mo, before I met Rami, um, I didn't realize how spiritual these guys are going to be, and they all have this this moment in their life where they're like, is the reason they're so successful because they're only hardworking? Or is the reason they're so successful because they're steadfast on their religion, they're mm. spiritual, they stay on their prayers, they constantly make du'a, you know what I mean, and they work hard as well as work hard. Correct. No, you're definitely just both. Exactly. You need so that f- comes to your work-life balance, right? Exactly. So you have to set sa- time aside for family. For first comes Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Right. Then comes your family. Then comes work. So we work on a hierarchy of values, mm-hmm. right? So small example when you're an addict when a hierarchy of values that faces addiction and people that are addicts is the thing they are addicted to whether it be drugs gambling uh, shopping or whatever it is Mm -hmm. it's always on top of their list and you ask them okay what do you want in your life what is your hierarchy of values and say okay it's my drug it's my gambling it's whatever but a normal person Mm -hmm. a person that has their life in order it's going to be God Allah SWT first, mm-hmm. second, family, mm-hmm. third, uh, food or, f- or business or whatever. And, and that's so how the proper hierarchy of that you should be. Right. Right? Yeah. 
Very interesting, though. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can uh, go on <laughs> about this I for quite a long a time. Yeah. We need a we need a part two. A part two. <laughs> we need a part two to this. Oh, what time <laughs> is it? I think yeah. I think we can. But though, do you yeah. have any any um, advice to oh, listeners to and youngsters out too there? Too young to give advice to people, yeah. man. No, no man, I mean, you, I mean, you've you been have through. A lot to, to, to I've been through. Yeah, yeah I've through been through a lot. And now you've been with us for about what? three four years now yeah yeah you've been in and out of the office every time we need help That's content right. and so on that yeah, 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 yeah. every time we call you like what next what what's now next? <laughs> what's up whether it's hanging out at the back <laughs> of a <laughs> car on the 635 yeah <laughs> yeah 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 using this fog videos. machine <laughs> the fog machine was a good one <laughs> i feel like we should just throw clips of like stuff that we've done you know what i mean um, I mean, what advice can you give the listeners? I mean, everybody out there. Yeah. I mean, how cool is all with the deep one? Oh my God. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure at <laughs> all. Yeah. Um, I I think I think you know everything that we've kind of touched on is kind of in itself. Not even not even just for other people, but even for myself. Like, I don't think about like yeah, okay. You can always associate being so young with being successful, right? But the reason yeah, I'm not I don't consider myself successful at all by the way like you know alhamdulillah I'm content with where I'm at people ask me like what do you want to do with your life like what are your goals I've 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 met my goals right I I do what I love for a living and alhamdulillah I'm happy now it's how do I building on it how do I keep it going yeah what's the next step right so for me it's it's little accomplishments at a time little goals right and I can't I can't stay consistent know what i mean so like always doing something new but uh, i wouldn't advise that for anyone (laughs) Um, i would say find your consistency find what you like to do as much as possible right and especially that like that means i could be sitting on my desk all day and doing accounting sorry but (laughs) i'm not gonna enjoy that right i don't enjoy it you don't enjoy it no but i will tell you this i i own my own business i do my own accounting and I like to do my own accounting. Okay. You know what I mean? So you, you find what you love to do, and then everything else kind of falls into its little exactly, place, yeah. right? Where I wouldn't be a full-time accountant, but now that I do my own accounting, it, there's a different mindset for being happy and doing something that I love to do and then having to do the tasks of doing what I love. Okay. Right? And then I would also say that, like, for me, because I think we're all entrepreneurs. Maybe this is a, this is like a podcast made Correct. for entrepreneurs. Correct, hundred percent. Aspiring entrepreneurs, don't expect to start your own business to spend less time in your business. Mm-mm. When you start your business, you're working more than anyone else in the world is ever going to be working. Especially if Correct. you want you to succeed. Because now you are you mm-hmm. the accountant, you the manager, you the CEO, you this, you the, you're everything. everything. There's so, there's so many moments, and you know I'm not going to get to like family issues, but like there's someone in my family that doesn't work as much as the rest of us. And he's always struggling with, with money, struggling with, you know, rent and all this stuff. And the rest of our families has to come together and pull in the financial support and everything to help this person. Right. And the clear issue is just lack of passion, lack of work, lack of dedication. You know what I mean? You need all of it. You need all of them. If you're, if you're missing one of them or two of them, you're not going to have the drive to do what you want to do. But again, do you, I think doubling down on your point, you try to find something that you like to do. Exactly. So it gives you that passion. It yeah. gives you that find passion. That contentment. Yes. So, so there are moments where, like, I would be sitting in my room and I would be work. I I would wake up in the morning. Obviously, you guys know I don't wake up early. Yeah, you <laughs> working at? I wake up. <laughs> I'll tell these guys I'll be there at twelve. I'll be like, hey, I'll meet you at one. You know what I mean? Like, but 
But like what happens is that doesn't mean I don't work, right? You wake up later than the rest, but you're working later than the rest. So uh, there are moments in my life, like right now I'm a little free, alhamdulillah, but there are moments in my life where I'll wake up at 5 a.m. and I'll be working till 5 a.m. again. Next morning. You know what I mean? So you just have to be willing to put in the time. Alhamdulillah. Thank you, Dawood. Thank you for the you time. We're definitely inspiration oh to me. I'm blushing. Yeah, we were just saying earlier when you, whenever you come into the office, you bring you bring such a good energy. Like oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah, you do. No, we you 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 pick me up for all of yeah. us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you always come with the positivity and the creativity, and uh, we're always excited to see what. Uh, well, when we look at a clip, we're like, okay, I don't know how this is gonna work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is what what is he doing? <laughs> You put but, in the uh, cut. You're like, no, so kid. thank you for, yeah, for bringing that uh, positivity. Of course, thank you guys for keeping me around. No. <laughs> a lot of people can handle me. You know what I mean? I no, feel like I they get sick of me after I a while. I think it's part of our thing to keep positive people. <coughs> it and is. And people have the same mindset around us. Yeah. So even the people that help us with our various businesses. I mean, you you alone have helped us now with about five or six of our businesses. That's throughout awesome. the years. And... Uh, creating different content and so on but again finding someone that's like-minded mm. someone that that sees our vision yeah. someone that has that same vision for our businesses and you honestly take care of our businesses like it's yours you take yeah. you take the content and everything just like it and we love that yeah and uh, it's just a blessing to have you around us Thank i love you. working with you guys i love you guys, love you guys as people you know, not even just you, you know love what you i mean you. like <laughs> you guys are awesome so thank you and then for those watching or listening we we'll link all your stuff so they know. Oh yeah. For the next yeah. video projects, photography projects. That'd be awesome. Call. Yeah, that'd be killer. All right. I think uh, yeah, and just good. remind the listeners to follow us. Don't forget, yeah, we'll be on Spotify, we'll be on YouTube, Apple Podcasts as well. Don't forget to tune in new episodes every single week. Peace. Thank you so much. Peace.